Okay, so are you all ready to get into this one? Already. All right, let's do it. Hi everyone and welcome to Dead House. This is December 15th and our book today is Say Cheese and Die Screaming. <laughs> now these Horrorland novels tend to be a little bit more well written, I find. They do. They're also basically our answer to the question of what would they do with modern technology in these stories? Because all of them seem to be a modernized update mm -hmm. of the original books. Like with Monster Blood. Right. With Say Cheese and Die Screaming, um, it is a different camera. It is. Uh, but it follows the same kind of premise. And it's and has an interesting backstory mm -hmm. that actually fits like within the time period it's supposedly set. I actually did some research <laughs> <laughs> about the instant camera and instant film. So yeah, no, it was um it was decently written. It was well done. It wasn't particularly one of my favorites. No. It was better than the last one though. Anything's better than the last one. That's not a good bar to set of that. <laughs> um, I mean, I joke, but also I'm being serious. Uh, but I didn't enjoy it as much as Monster Blood for Breakfast, say. Right. I found Monster Blood for Breakfast a little more interesting thematically than this one. But it was still, like, it was a good read. Mm -hmm. So do you want to take us on the uh, synopsis of the story? You're going to let me do it this time? I'm going to let you do it. <laughs> okay. So, we start off with Julie and her friend. Mm -hmm. And what's nice about this book is the way it slowly introduces you to characters. Mm -hmm. I like that it gives you descriptions of people around her through her eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and when you finally do learn what Julie looks like, it's through her describing her brother and mother and her contrasting how she's like and not like both of them in appearance. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, something else I thought was kind of nice is that one of the first things she says is how absolutely gorgeous her best friend is. And I think that's awesome <laughs> because I'm so here for none of this competitive oh, yeah. girlness and <laughs> it being more so about, oh man, she's so pretty and she's the prettiest in the school and it's said without any jealousy. Mm -hmm. And it's meant to be like, yeah, of course she's the prettiest ever and she's my best friend and that's awesome. So that was that was nice. It wasn't catty or anything. No, yeah, it was just good. it was genuine. It was yeah. nice. Um, <clears throat> and they're discussing uh, school that day mm -hmm. and talking about how Julie's in a hurry to go meet the uh, yearbook, uh, the teacher that's in charge of the yearbook, mm -hmm. Mr. Webb. Yes, because she wants to be the one to take the big picture. Oops group shot of the entire mm -hmm. school and because she has a really great idea for it and she has it all drawn out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's a planner. Yeah. I mean, due diligence, she's got it all drawn out how it's going to work. And she wants to get there before her rival, David. And David is the other photographer at school. Mm -hmm. And they both get assigned to individual events for the school paper and for the yearbook. But lots of times David will show up to Julian's events and take pictures and submit them before her and get his pictures in, which is kind of dirty. It's very dirty. Very dirty. I don't care about that line that he says that he goes with backup. No. 
He is going to steal the light. That's all he is. Doing. And it's it's not fair. <laughs> I mean, those things were assigned to her. Right. It's like, you know, he does get his own assignments too. There's enough to go around. So now it's a big competition. Who's going to be the one to get to take the final yearbook picture? And they are going with her specific design that she wanted to do. Yeah, because it was cool. Yeah. And he had some reservations at it, of it at first, the teacher, Mr. Red, because he wasn't sure on the safety of being up on the diving board to take the picture. But she was like, well, it's railed in and it's small and there's enough to fit one person and there won't be anything going on. Mm -hmm. So he concedes to her idea mm -hmm. and then says, okay, we'll make it a contest. So whoever gets the most nice shots of different scenes and activities to be used for the yearbook is the winner. Mm -hmm. So now it's a real competition. And considering David follows <clears throat> Julie to all of her events. Yeah, it's going to be a real problem. Mm -hmm. After getting that disappointing news, uh, her and Rena, um, you know, make their plans for the weekend and they're going to go on a bike ride. Mm -hmm. So now it's, I mean, the week has gone by and it speeds us up to the weekend. And she's on her bike ride with Rena after watching Sammy, her younger brother, that morning. Yeah. And while they're out on their bike ride, they find a garage sale. Love garage sales. Yeah, and this is something we've actually <laughs> done together as friends, so I like, <laughs> I was like thinking of you this whole time I was reading it, because I was like, yeah, we've done this. Yeah. And um, Rena is very into vintage clothes and old fashion, so she's rummaging through the clothes, and Julie is looking around for like any interesting technology or whatever. Yeah. And she comes across this camera. And it's inside the garage, so it's not, yeah, it's not out with everything else. Mm -hmm. But there were other things in the garage itself that <clears> for sale. Yeah. And it's at the bottom of the bookshelf, low to the floor, and kind of half hidden, but not really. She spies it out of the corner of her eye and goes, this is cool, this is an old camera, because she's very into cameras. Yep. And she says, mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, take this up to the woman and see if I can get it. Mm -hmm. When she does... The woman loses her mind. Absolutely. Loses it. Screams at her. And says, mm -hmm. no, you don't want that camera. Put it down. Like, you know. Yikes. She was like, okay, sorry. And she goes to leave. And as they're getting ready to go, because Rena's like, all right, well, I'm done looking at the mm -hmm. clothes. The woman's daughter takes her side and goes, you want this camera? Take it. Yeah, just take it and run. Just like, we don't need <clears throat> it. Just take it. And she was like, all right, I know it's kid reasoning, but how do you not feel like that's stealing? The woman was so adamant on saying no, you know her daughter is doing this without her permission. I just... Kid logic. Kid logic. Anyway, she takes it and goes. And as she's leaving, she tries to wave to the young girl, and the young girl's just like, nope, no, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know you, and you don't know me. Uh, so they get the camera home, and they start playing around with it. And Sammy is making jokes and saying, oh, take my picture. And she's being playful and teasing him. And she's saying, no, I'm not going to take your picture. I'm going to take my best friend's picture. Yeah, of course, right? So she takes Rena's picture. And when it, the Polaroid comes out, 
And by the way, this camera is described as being exactly like a like a Polaroid instant camera. Yeah, like the camera's been in the other previous novels. Yeah. yeah. But without, it's a little different because with the Say Cheese and Die, it was sort of a hybrid combination of an older camera mm -hmm. and a Polaroid because it had like lenses and stuff. Yeah, this one didn't have that. This one didn't have any of that. This one was actually like the little square shape with the little tiny flash at the top. and the, It was like an actual instant film camera. So it wasn't like a weird hodgepodge. Doesn't look like this camera. No, it doesn't, no. Her, her newer digital cameras do. Yes. I mean, it is actually like a Polaroid, Polaroid camera, like that, again, I know that's a brand, but... It's similar to the one that was <laughs> described previously, but not exact, because it has yeah, different features. Exactly. And it looks more like your standard 70s instant film exposure yeah. camera, we'll say. Yeah. When the picture comes out, Rena's eyes are red and glowing. And I thought this was brilliant. Oh, yeah. This was, like, this was actually really good, because the story is a little slow to start, and some of the things they say, some of the dialogue, and some of what goes on is kind of cheesy and mm. silly and whatever. But when they actually start getting into the camera stuff, some of the ideas are really clever, and the story starts getting better, and the writing starts to improve as it gets more into the camera. And this is so great, because she's like, oh, you have red eye. I can fix that. It shows that she has knowledge about her hobby. Yeah. And also, it uses the fact that this is a common thing that happens with cameras. Yes. People get red eye, and it's large, red, and glowing, and it looks fake. Yeah. But it's just a thing that happens sometimes mm. with flash and older cameras. And she's like, oh, we'll go scan it in, and I'll touch it up on my computer. Like, this is fantastic. Yes. I loved her level of knowledge, like knowing what to do, and seeing an issue, and knowing how to fix it, and having experience and with a program. And making use of it in the book, <laughs> yeah, in a way that really makes sense to the plot, and is like, such a minor commonplace thing, is just fantastic. So this answers our question we had with the first Say Cheese and Die <laughs> about how would technology change things. She scans in the picture, and tries to touch it up, and it won't touch up. And they've been up in her room for like maybe a couple of minutes while she's tried it. And next thing you know, from behind her, Rena's screaming. She's going, oh my eyes, my eyes. They actually start burning. And when she moves her hands away, you can see they're actually the red. glowing red. Mm. So what happened in the picture is actually coming true. And it can't be fixed because of the curse on the film and the camera. Yes. And this is really neat because you can't alter it. The way they did the like reprints yes. and the negatives in Say Cheese and Die Again. So we you can't digitally touch it up, you can't change it. Right, so that voids the This is it now, this is happening. Yeah. I like that. I also like that everything that happens happens instantly, the same mm -hmm. way instant film does. Like it takes a couple minutes as if it's developing. And then it's and like then right it, there. It's just right there and it happens. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So she goes home to her mother after, um, I mean, well, Julie tells her mom first. And, you know, they give her eye drops and they try to help and nothing's working. So they call her mom and they get her sent home and she goes to the hospital to have it checked out. We find out um, after she's been to a basketball game that she gets even more suspicious of this camera. Because mm -hmm. at first it could be a coincidence. And she goes to the basketball game that she's been assigned to, to take pictures. Yep. And of course, David's already there. Of course. Taking pictures, and she's late showing up. 
So this is a problem. Yeah. So she tries to start taking pictures um, of the team, and while she's there, we run into our goosebumps bullies. Uh, Greta and Becca, <laughs> the Sneer sisters. Yeah, I mean, a weird nickname, but creative though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more creative than some of the other bully nicknames. Yeah. Uh, but they're pretty lame bullies. I mean, they're not very physical, and most of what they do is like cattiness. And I get it's just such a stereotypical girl bully thing. But, like, all of the bullies in these Goosebumps books, except for, like, a couple, have been very stereotypical bullies, so yeah. it's not that surprising. These are, like, the girls that were pink on Wednesdays. Yeah. 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 And they have a problem with Julie. Mm-hmm. And so, in this case, this is one of the only instances where they're actually physical about it, and they do, like, trip her. And she stumbles a little, but doesn't fall over, but she does drop her camera and break the lens. Yeah. So she goes in her bag to get her other digital camera because she has two different types. Mm -hmm. But it's not there and she's <clears> grabbed <throat> the vintage camera by mistake. Snap. So she takes the picture of the layup shot. Mm -hmm. And she knew she didn't have a lot of film because she doesn't know how much film is in the camera. And she knows she can't take endless pictures like you can with a digital camera. Right, because these need to print out and there's a, a more of a limitation on space or the amount of pictures that you can take. Yes, because there's a finite amount of film. Mm -hmm. So she's like, has to wait for the perfect shot. Yeah. And she sees Carla about to take that, you know, layup shot and she snaps the picture right as she's doing it. What I like about this and what's interesting is that if you only capture a segment of something, that still comes true. Yeah. Which is really neat. So her framing has been off when she's taken the picture right at the jump shot on the net. And so it only gets her arm mm -hmm. coming towards the net. So because it's only captured her arm in the picture, in real life, she falls with a broken arm. She caught in the basket or something, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she got caught in the basket. Ouch. And her arm gets broken. And so you see that image of her arm dangling at an odd angle from the basket. And it's just, it was really clever. It was. It was very well done. After this happens, Julie, like, she's a really smart character. She catches on quick. Oh, yeah. She knows that, like, something is up with this camera. This uh -huh. is not right. right. She doesn't want to use it anymore. Yep, she's done. So she brings it home and hides it in a very clever kid way in her closet under her pile of dirty clothes. <laughs> Nobody is going into that pile of dirty clothes. No. Except for, well, maybe if her mom was going to do laundry, but... Or her little brother, Sammy, because little siblings. Yeah, but even then, I don't know if he rummaged through dirty clothes with his older sister necessarily. It depends on how determined he is, I think. I think, yeah. <laughs> um, and he's a little bit of a, a rapscallion, we'll say. Uh, so she hides the camera because she doesn't want Sammy to find it mm -hmm. and use it and hurt himself. Yep. And she's like, okay, well, as soon as I can, I'm going to take it back. So she tries to return it to the house where she got it from. Mm -hmm. um, especially since she was talking to her friend, Rena, on the phone. Very mad at her. Yeah, and she's like, oh, we're not friends anymore. 
Like, this was your fault. You took the camera when you knew you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you knew it was a bad idea, and you took my picture, and now this has happened, <clears throat> and it's all your fault. Mm. And we're not friends anymore. And it was good to see that kind of repercussion, I think, because that's stuff like that's not usually addressed. Usually they join in with the main person to try to solve whatever's wrong. Yeah, but that's not usually how kids react. Kids react like Rena did. She's yeah, mad. she's mad. She's upset that she's hurt and that, you know, her friend did something she shouldn't have and now this is the result. Yeah. So she goes to return the camera at all costs. Her bike doesn't work, so she has to walk. And she hears somebody following behind her. She can hear breathing sometimes and the shuffling of steps. She turns around and keeps calling out to see if somebody's there. She can't find anybody there. She finally goes up to the house and sees this giant red X painted on the garage door. Now, it's never expressly stated that that's what it is, but the building has been slated for demolition. That's what the big X is. It's one of those like construction spray painted. And so she goes in the house because she can get in through the screen door and there's nobody there, there's no furniture, everything's gone. And she's like, well, of course they were having the garage sale because they were moving. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. She figures, whatever, I'm just going to leave the camera here in this old house and people will find it or they won't, but it's not my problem anymore. Mm -hmm. So she puts it next to this little stuffed monkey that's been left behind in the window. Yeah. And she turns it away though, so the monkey's facing away from the window so that it's holding the camera. Mm -hmm. Leaves it and goes. And she instantly feels like a weight has been lifted. And something that's really nice about this too is the weather in this book kind of reflects people's moods and what's happening. Like, really good use of the weather. Like, it's yeah. been starting to rain and everything's gloomy. And it even mentions how, like, you know, Oh, it's cleared up after she's left the camera behind and everything feels so much better it and was, life is beautiful. It was very good use. It was. Yeah. Um, slightly cheesy at that particular point, but it was good use. Yeah. Uh, as the moon starts to turn later in the book, the weather starts to get bad again too, actually. So she gets home, um, she docks her parents a bit, she goes up to her room. Mm -hmm. The camera and the monkey are sitting on her dresser. What? <laughs> That's not cool. How did it get there? But before all this, before she goes to try to return the camera, um, David also takes her picture. David takes Julie's picture. At the oh, game. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, that was because that was the other neat thing about that day at yeah. the and the parts of pictures. Because like with the arm, you're right, and this is really good. <laughs> Sorry, I totally missed that part. This is why you do the plot synopsis. Um, I miss things too. <laughs> her arm was dangling from the picture. When um, David struggles with her over the camera and takes her picture because it's a neat old camera and he wants to see it, she's like, no, don't take my picture. And he does, but and it doesn't come all the way out. It gets stuck because it's an older machine. And because he gets stuck in the camera and doesn't finish printing, she gets a little bit of pain in her stomach yeah. so bad that she collapses to the ground and she's about to pass out from the pain like intense cramps oh, it was well written oh it was really well written yeah and she she's like grasping for the camera wildly while she's like in pain until she finally gets to the edge of the picture and finishes yanking it all the way out yeah and after she does the pain doesn't like instantly dissipate 
but it lessens until finally she doesn't feel it anymore. And that was a nice touch, I thought, too. Yeah. Was that, like, it does, it did fix the problem. Yeah. Which is not something they touched on in any of the other stories. No. no so, in unique. this case, what happens to the picture physically can happen to you physically. Yeah. I love it. And the way she fixed it in this instance was by... Pulling it out. Pulling it the rest of the way out. Which makes you think, because they ripped up the pictures, or the... Greg, is it? Ripped up a picture of Sherry yeah. in one of the books? Like, what would happen if somebody ripped up a Polaroid then? If she had that much pain being trapped in the camera, if somebody ripped up a photo, what would happen to that person? I don't know. I like it. It's interesting. It is. Um, like, would ripping up the photo affect it or change it after it's been printed, or was it only because it was still in the process of writing something for her and it hadn't been written? I don't know. So it, like, it made something happen to her that was specific to how the photo was stuck. And I think the reason it was fixed was because the photo was pulled out. Because the pain went away. Mm -hmm. But in no other instance does anything fix these photos. Nope. She should have by rights been in pain forever. Yeah. But because she fixed that problem and it hadn't finished writing her future, it, it, it went away. Yeah. I don't know, it's interesting yep. to kind of think about how this works with the film and how it's directly connected to the film itself. <laughs> yeah, really cool. That was Sorry. Boring. Totally <laughs> forgot about that part. <laughs> so back, going back to finding the teddy bear and the yeah. camera in the bedroom. So the little monkey and the camera are in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. So she runs downstairs and asks her parents if they've seen anyone. Was anyone in a room? They couldn't find anyone. So now she thinks the thing is really cursed and then it's following her. She even has a nightmare about it. Mm -hmm. She has a dream that the camera is actually alive and real and she can hear it breathing. Because she could hear a person following her and breathing when she was returning it. Mm -hmm. uh, so she has this really paranoid dream. It's not a prophetic dream. Um, but she does also worry about the diving board and taking the picture for the yearbook in her dream. Um, when does she actually look at the picture to see what her future is? Did she do that after she pulled it out of the camera, or did she do that a little bit later on? Oh no, this is later when that happens okay. to her. Because she tries to get rid of the camera again. Mm -hmm. So she goes about her regular day snapping pictures where she can, and then she's like, I'm, like, tomorrow night for sure I'm getting rid of this camera once and for all. So she takes it to, um... A, like a couple streets over to this thing they call alley pond it's basically a giant pothole pretty much it's really stupid but yeah and she decides i'm gonna throw it in and that's gonna ruin the camera and then it's done and then it's gone and i'm gonna leave it there at the mm -hmm. bottom of this little pond <laughs> yeah we just it's it's really a puddle it's a glorified puddle and she's like i'm gonna leave it here and then I'll be done with it. Mm -hmm. So she goes home because she does it in the middle of the night. That way she's hoping like nobody's following her. But she can still, it still sounds like somebody's following her. And she's paranoid about it. But anyway, she goes home, goes back to sleep, gets up the next morning, and lo and behold, that frigging camera, wet and muddy, was in her bedroom again. No, it was on the, on the table. kitchen table, on the breakfast table, and she mm -hmm. was like, Holy crap, this thing is cursed. I can't get rid of it. It keeps coming back to me. So she 
takes it upstairs before anybody else can see it. And because she's already told Sammy it's gone, it was broken. And hides it back in her pile of clothes. In her closet. Her next big bird idea is she's going to take it to the camera store that David's father owns. <laughs> convenient. Yeah. But I like this logic, though. I do. And to find out, because he's an expert, yeah. what this camera is, what model it is, where it came from, anything about it to try to change the fact that it's cursed. Yeah. I like this logic. She's thinking more along the lines of, we need to figure out what this is, and if she's able to kind of give it away, kind of like they gave, gave it to her, the people who were having the garage sale. Yeah. So she's thinking, okay, well, if I can't, like, just throw it away... What can I do about it? Yeah. So she goes to him, he looks through books, and he looks at the camera, and I like they were consistent with there's no markings, there's nothing on it. And he says it was, uh, he finds mention of it, and he's looking back and forth between the picture and the camera, and he's like, there's only one made, it was made as a prop for a horror film. Mm -hmm. The horror film is was called Say Cheese and Die Screaming, which is where this book gets its name. <laughs> I always think it's silly when the title is in the name, but that's something these Horrorland books do because they did it in Monster Blood for Breakfast too. Yep. Anyways, the name of the horror movie was Say Cheese and Die Screaming. But the movie never got made because there were too many accidents on set. And it ended up going under and whatever, and then yep. nobody knew what became of the camera. And she's like, oh, well, since it's such a rare camera, you keep it. Hmm. I don't want it anymore. Nope. And he's like, but well, let me... You know, you should keep it. It could really be worth something. He's, she's like, no, no, I really don't want it. You have it. He's like, well, then at least let me give you store credit for it or something. And she's like, nope, you can have it. Bye. Yeah, bye. Peace. Gone. Yeah. That's it. She's out. And I thought that was neat. She's like, just keep it safe. She tries to tell him it's cursed. He doesn't believe in no. that stuff. But she's like, well, whether he believes or not, at least he'll keep it because it's worth something. And mm -hmm. she figures because it's probably worth something, he won't use it. And he'll save it and... Nobody else will touch it ever again. In theory. In theory. He lets his son David borrow it. Of course he does. So this is the creepy part. Yes. I am entirely disturbed by David's character. And I don't know why Julie isn't more upset or disturbed by this. Right. And I don't know why his father wasn't more concerned about what his son was up to. Because apparently he had been stalking her day and night yeah always watching her house and where she was going and following her around and it was him returning the camera because he wanted to paranoia her and get in her head and make her afraid of this camera so that he would win the contest to take the picture he's got the makings of a serial killer no matter the reason for it you should never stalk somebody like that and it'll be sneaking in and out of her house while she's sleeping and yeah. like it is the creepiest, creepiest thing. I was so afraid of David. Oh my god, like, seriously, I was reading this and I'm like, when he grows up, he's going to be on America's Most Wanted. Yeah. And it's going to be for very, very creepy things that people are not going to be able to watch that episode at night. Definitely. And that's saying something, because that's a pretty, you know, out there show. But that's like a really... It's a really terrible thing that he does. It's a really terrifying thing that he does. It is. It's and, psychological, too. And she just, like... Yeah, and, like, it crosses so many personal boundary mm -hmm. issues. And then she just, like, brushes it off and says, Yeah, well, I'm going to win the contest still. And it's like, 
Who reacts like that? You've been followed and messed with and somebody is like stalking you. Like there's some problems here. And going through your house. Like yes. it's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. But he gets the camera. He does. And he's like, I'm gonna use it. And she's like, no. No, I, you can't use it. And she grabs it from him. And she tries to take off with it, but he's like, no, hang on, my dad, let me use his mind now. And he takes it, and he's going to take a picture of the two girls. So enter again Greta and Becca, mm -hmm. the Sneer sisters, and they're in a school play. And she's there to take pictures of the um, school acting troupe for the yearbook. Mm -hmm. And so is David, of course, it's a competition. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to get their picture with the school camera. And they're like, and she's like, no, I'll take the picture with my digital camera. And she tries to take the picture first. But Greta and Becca, being who they are and not liking her, say, oh, no, we don't want you to take our picture. We want him to take our picture. And they know this was a camera she used to have because they saw her with it yeah. at the basketball game. And he takes their picture. And what happens? They get scaly green skin, like alligators. Yeah, that's how the picture comes out. Yeah, so that's really cool. Yeah, and what's really neat about this is it also happens almost right away. Right? Like, they're freaking out on stage. And they're pulling at each other's faces. Oh, man, it describes them, like, scratching and yeah. going nuts. And she freaks out. And they keep... And this is hilarious. They blame her because it's her camera, even though David had it, and took the picture. And then they start going, witch, you're a witch, <laughs> which is the best. It's just the best that they instantly default to, it's a witch. <laughs> it's not even her camera. She didn't take the picture. Right, but, it, but she did have that camera. She did. And so they, they're convinced that she's cursed it and she's a witch. Oh my gosh. It's hilarious. So after, you know, they've done the yelling at her, mm -hmm. their skin is getting worse, teachers are coming out, there's all kinds of commotion. She uses that opportunity to grab the camera, runs across the gym or the theater room, I think it's a gym, but anyways. That's what it usually is. Yeah, she takes it and she just starts smashing the camera on the floor to like, just over and over in yeah. frustration. It's a great scene. Mm -hmm. um, and it won't break, obviously. No, it's indestructible. I mean, I had that was a really nice touch, and like the way she like just screams in frustration, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, so she runs out and tells her mom, mm -hmm. uh, but of course her mom doesn't believe her. No. Well, she phones her to tell her, uh, which means she has to go home and hide the camera. Because yeah, she couldn't break in. Right. Mm -hmm. When she gets home, her little brother is having issues with a bee. This is the weird part for me with this. I found this part of the book very odd as well. Right? Like, who hires a babysitter who's a, like, and it's not just some child doing it, it's a proper, like, hired babysitter professional mm -hmm. who leaves a child alone who's, like, what, four or five? Right. Oh, just for a few minutes to go get something at the store. Like, no, you take the child with you. Right? You're getting paid to watch the child. You're not getting paid to leave the child home by itself. The parents could do that themselves. <laughs> That's the point of you being there. Right, so the child won't be alone. 
And I just thought that was terrible. It's like who, like who leaves a child that young unattended? Right. Like that's that's part of the scene that I found really weird. Yeah. So he's terrified of bees, and apparently, as the babysitter has left, they've let a bee in. So if this child's home alone and shouldn't be opening and closing doors, because they're home alone for safety issues, how does a bee get in the house? Look, it's in the house. Yeah. I assume it got in when the babysitter left. Maybe it's just now being discovered. This this whole scene kind of threw me. Yeah, because he doesn't know what to do about the bee, and like it's fine and dandy. Mm -hmm. It's just it's. It's kind of a weird premise, but we'll run with it. Yeah. Because Sammy has been so much about this camera and trying to be after this camera. This gives us an excuse for something to happen to Sammy before the book ends. Because yeah. we're getting close to the end now. We're getting very close. Uh, so she stops to try to uh, do the bee. He finds the camera. She abandons the bee mission to get the camera away from Sammy. Because that's definitely the more dangerous thing. <laughs> And he's the lesser of the two evils right now. And as she struggles to get the camera from him, it goes off. Which results in a picture being taken that shows the bee in front of the lens covering Sammy's face. Which makes him start to grow a bee head. Yeah. But just before he starts to grow the bee head, when he still thinks it's funny, he grabs the camera back from her. And he counts that as her turn taking a picture so he takes a picture of her and when it develops it's a picture of her falling mm -hmm. and she can't quite tell where it is because the background's kind of blurry but she thinks she's falling from the pool yes because she hide up because she had a dream about it a few nights ago and that was her contest idea of how to take the yearbook picture so it just kind of lines up yeah. That would that would be where she'd be falling from. And she was nervous about it because like I said, she did have a dream that yep. she was gonna fall from the thing and then Yeah. Well the high dive board I should say. And that's a legit fair. Like the board's really high, there's a lot of pressure because she's taking a picture and then a whole bunch of witnesses if she does fall. So like I could see that playing on her mind. Definitely. Um, especially since like you said that's what she's working towards. Mm -hmm. That's the big contest. And I just thought it was so funny that this is him using those premonition dreams again. And this one, unlike with Greg and his, actually is a premonition. Only it's done a little differently from his mm -hmm. other premonition ones. Like, it's not so much a direct, this is what's happening, and the kid somehow knows it. It's more so playing on her natural fears. Dreams she'd have anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, caused by pressure instead of... Um, like, any, any normal situation. Like, she's not having them because... This could never happen. She's having it because this is what sh she's planning on doing. So she's having like anxiety yeah. type thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it was a little nice to see that sort of twist on the premonition dream. Yep. So while the picture's developing and she's looking at the picture, that's a, she hears Sammy screaming because he started growing a bee head. Yeah. It's so weird. It it's is. so weird. It's the strangest thing in the world that when she calls her parents and is like, you know, I'm here with Sammy. You have to come right now. It's an emergency. Like, what does she tell them has happened? It doesn't go over how she gets them there. Obviously, they come right away, and they whisk him off to the emergency. And when they do, and they call to give her an update on how Sammy's doing, because now she's home alone mm -hmm. overnight by herself. Um, 
they say, oh, the girls with the alligator skin that you were saying from your story earlier here. Right, so that kind of proved her story that she wasn't making it up. Yeah, but the parents didn't take that seriously. No. But what, I don't understand what they thought was happening. And I think the Sammy's head turning into a bee head is the weirdest thing that's happened with this camera. Like, the skin can change, Definitely. but like, the actual proportion or what it, it is hasn't changed that to that extent. Right. And so far, this camera was very, very plausible. Like, the things that happened were because, oh, you know, a thing got cut off in the picture, so it got broken or cut off in real life. Yeah. Or, you know, it was like a, a more plausible scenario. I just thought this one was like way out in the field. Like, the, the alligator-ish skin seems weird. But I mean, yeah. that could easily be a really bad reaction to something. Yeah. Like, and somebody's skin goes all scaly and it's weird. Yeah, and you, your skin can change color to like reds and depending on what kind of a reaction you're having to different things. Like so, purples and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, weird colored, like, scaly skin is not too much of a stretch. But a bumblebee head? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's... Yeah. That's wild. And, like, red burning eyes because your eyes hurt. You get red eyes in pictures. Yeah. So, like, and it's I not mean, something you're not used to seeing. And, again, it could be a reaction to something, but... This one was just so far-fetched, yeah. like a monster head. Like the premise was simple, and I like that the setup was so simple. The bee was in front of the lens too, so it sort of combined the two images. This is more along the lines of I think the haunted mask. Yeah, probably because the mask actually like joins onto the person's head. We'll get into all that later, but like this is less um, along the lines of what's been happening with the story, and more along the lines of what happens until later, later story. Goosebumps things. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, as far as monster effects go, it's not too outlandish, no. but it's definitely weird, especially for this story. Yeah, just because of everything else that's happened because of the camera. Yeah, mm. she is really upset with everything that's happening. She um, is trying to think what to do. She can't think what to do. In frustration, she tears up the picture yeah. of her falling. Mm -hmm. As we learn, this does nothing. Which is interesting to see. She's She can't alter the picture digitally in Photoshop. Right. It won't let her change it. So she can't change the pictures themselves like mm -hmm. they did in... Previous one. Yeah. In Say Cheese and Die Again, which is a book we will never speak of. But ripping up the picture in Say Cheese and Die brought Sherry back. Right. But so we you... figured that might have been specific to that one instance. Yeah. But we didn't know for sure because they didn't rip it up in the next book. Right. So in this one, her ripping it up, but everything's still happening for her to take the picture at the end because she gets a phone call right after she rips it up that she's won the contest. Wee. But how did that happen when David's been around every corner taking more pictures than her? Yeah. It's, it's very implausible that she would have won. Mm -hmm. So at this point, she's like, okay, this is, this is happening. Fate. So she figures she's going to outsmart the camera. And I like that premise. I think that's really clever. Mm -hmm. Yep. It definitely shows her trying to think her way out of the situation instead of just like blindly throwing the camera away. Because she's learned that that doesn't work. Right. And it's great to see her take um, initiative like this and like mm -hmm. try to be really clever about it and really solve the problem mm -hmm. rather than hope it goes away right. or something happens to fix it. Uh, so she figures, okay, if she doesn't take the picture, like she's supposed to, and she willfully won't go up there, 
and hands off the prize to David, then that's it. She's done. She's outsmarted the camera then. If she's not on the high dive board to take the picture, mm -hmm. then she can't fall from the high dive board. Right, right. Problem solved. Done. Except. That's not how it works. <laughs> when David goes up to take the class picture the next day at school. He has a new camera, doesn't he, at this point? He does have another new camera, yes. That he got from his father. Right. So he goes up to take the picture. And when he does, he falls. Except he grips the edge, mm -hmm. and he's stuck up there. So they're calling for people to come, and for whatever reason, it's taking too long for them to get ladders and stuff like that. And they're afraid to climb it because it's a little shaky. Mm -hmm. And she says, well, I'm small. I can fit up there. I can pull them back up. Yeah. Instead of waiting for paramedics who are held up, yeah. and they don't know how much longer he's going to be able to hold on. So she climbs up. Which is a foolish, risky thing that teachers would never let a child do, by the way. <laughs> like, especially at school, in a room full of teachers, one of the teachers would do it. If they really thought that kid was going to fall, one of the teachers would climb up. You know, one kid's in danger, let's put two kids in danger and see what happens. Right? Yeah. So she climbs up and pulls David up, and he's fine. But when she pulls him up, the force of it, she knocks back, and she starts to fall off. But David catches her. And pulls her back up and they get back down. So by doing something different, she did change the fate of the camera. Bad things still happened, but because she worked together with somebody else and tried to change it, she ended up changing it. Mm -hmm. Which is really cool. Yeah. She didn't change enough that the bad thing wouldn't happen, but she had a bit of a different income, outcome. So, Right. She what didn't happened? fall and spiral back on her own. No, she, she only didn't. fell a bit and David caught her. Right. Uh, through which they're like, oh, teamwork, we should, we make a good team, we should like take photos together more often. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah, no, let's do that with the weird stalker kid that was like going <laughs> into your house at night. That would not be a plausible ending for that scenario. No. <laughs> so yeah, that's not a plausible ending. I don't, I don't see that. No, I mean, I like it. I don't think it's too far out of the realm of plausibility, but it's a bit strange. I do it's like that once she outsmarts the camera, other things start to clear up and get better. Mm -hmm. Like Sammy's head starts to get better, followed by the girls in the room next to him, because her mom calls with an update. And, yeah. uh, you know, because she's reversed her luck, it seems like. The camera's like, okay. All the that. other luck reverses with mm -hmm. it, which is, I mean, a new element. It's a weird element, but... I'll take it. Yeah. Fresh take on the, the whole camera thing. I like it. And basically, that's... Well, that's not quite the end. She still doesn't know what to do with the camera. No. The ending ending I actually really like. Because this is probably the most clever idea used in this book. I love that this character is so smart. Okay, I'll let you run with that. <laughs> no, really. This is, this is a really good, solid kid idea. Okay. I'm not saying you'd necessarily <laughs> do this as an adult. I'm saying this is definitely something you think of doing as a kid. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it'd be a really good idea and it'd really work. So you can't destroy the camera. Nope. You can't get, get rid of it. Nope. So what she's decided to do is take a picture of the camera. So she puts it in front of her bedroom mirror and has the camera take a picture of itself. 
making sure she's not in frame in the mirror when it happens so that she doesn't accidentally get in the shot and have something bad happen to her. So her idea is that the camera will cause the camera itself to self-destruct or something bad to happen. Right, to the camera. Some way that it would get destroyed or broken mm -hmm. or because it's taking a picture of itself. Yeah. You gotta admit, that's a pretty clever thought. That's a pretty, pretty smart one. It is. Except, <laughs> what happens is after she takes the photo, almost immediately, now there's two cameras because it took a picture of its reflection and so it, the reflection showed two because it's there. Mm reflected on the thing and then of course you can see the reflection in the mirror and it made another camera so my question is do you think the second camera is twice as evil's first camera or do you think the second camera is the polar opposite of the first camera and it creates positive things to happen i have no idea because there's nothing done with it it ends with oh my god now there's two evil cameras but it's never explored no there's no pictures taken with it. That's just the end. But it's a really interesting ending because would it reverse the stuff that happened to the other camera? Yeah. Like, would that be the bad thing that happens to the evil camera is that there's something that can, like, take a picture reverse and reverse it. what the other one's done? Because hmm. it is a reflection of it. So, like, a reflection is, like, the opposite of... Yeah, it usually shows things in reverse. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really interesting thought. That's where my mind went at the end of it. And I have no idea if it's just going to be, I don't think it would be twice as evil. I think if it was anything, it would just be, you know, things would be on the opposite side from the other one, but it would do the same badness, or, like you said, it would actually reverse the images. <clears throat> it's a definitely a road that could be for a next story, if they it wanted to go down that road. If he wanted to do that, but yeah. it, I don't think he's done that with these no. books. They've been sitting on the shelf for a little while now. I think he's done with the evil camera. But it, it, it leaves it open, and it's a nice cliffhanger for this series. It is, yeah. And overall, this was fun. This was, yeah. I really enjoyed this one. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the main character was really clever. Yeah, like, she wasn't this um, character that you felt bad for, or they were acting, like, immature. Like, she tried to think outside of the box to solve her problems. And yeah. that's more of like an adultish thing than a, a child thing. Exactly, and she took responsibility for things. Mm -hmm. Plausible things happened in terms of consequences for actions. Yeah. Like her friend blamed her for what happened to her. Like they stopped being friends over that. And yeah. Like it, it was it was a really good, solid story with mm -hmm. a lot of really good elements. I think so. I, I like the main character here. Yeah, I like the main character a lot actually. It was really refreshing. Yeah. Um, some of the, uh, some of the characters have not been <laughs> best written lately. It's especially refreshing after that last book, because that last book was just a disaster area. It was difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's nice to see a return to, like, it's a bit campy, it's a bit cheesy, but it's fun. It has the name of the book in it. Monster Blood for Breakfast did the same thing. It did. I think this is going to be a trend with these Horrorland books that they're somehow going to fit the title of the book in the story somewhere. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right on my level of cheese. <laughs> well then, you're in for a treat if we ever do another one of these. Yay. <laughs> 
was there anything else about the book? Like any specific points that you noticed that you wanted to mention or? Um, no, I think like we've covered a lot of it. Like the only thing I had was the ending of what, what the camera does. Cause you know, curiosity. Yeah. So that would be a good question. Um, and also if you guys like feel free to write things too, like I mean, you could be creative with it. Draw a picture, write something, send it to us. Let us know what you think the camera might do. Ooh, I like it. How would this continue? Like, that'd be kind of neat. Yeah. And that's a good one for the end of the year, too, because this is our last book before starting up again at the end of January. It is. So, get ready for that. <laughs> the last book of 2018. One thing I did want to mention, though, was where I had the UK edition. Did you notice any specific, like, phrases? Like, I want to know if anything was different because I noticed something reading this. Okay. There's a scene that for no reason other than to show them as a family unit where her dad is helping to make supper and he's chopping up veggies and he cuts himself. Do you remember that scene? I don't remember that scene and I don't have any notes on it. Oh, shoot. I was wondering because... After he cuts himself, mm -hmm. she says, Dad, do you need me to go get a plaster? Oh. Plaster being British slang for a Band-Aid. It is. I don't remember reading that. Did you not read it? Because that's in here. Is that scene even in your copy? It probably is. I'd have to have, I'm going to have to have another read through this to find out. I will post that in the comments. Yeah, and we will give you an update in a future video as well and let you know what the situation was with that. Because she absolutely says plaster and it's the only instance of British slang I can find in the whole book because there were lots of opportunities to say things oh, like yeah. go to the loo instead of the bathroom yeah. or whatever and they didn't change it. But she does say she gets him a plaster. And that's such a minor scene that didn't really play into the camera and the effects of the camera that I probably didn't take note. Exactly. But, but where I knew I was going yeah. in this, I was reading a UK edition. I was like looking <sighs> for terms or anything different, right? I am so getting into this later. <laughs> I have to figure that out. I have to find that scene. Yeah, let me know. And you, like you said, you'll let us know in the comments oh, yeah. and we'll post about it later in a future video. For sure. But you'll have to wait for the new year. <laughs> Uh, speaking of the new year, we're going to be doing Curse on the Least Tomb. I think I read this one. You do? I think so. I think so. Because this would have been right I'm going to tell you what, I read Say Cheese and Die Again and I did not remember jack about it. Okay, because <laughs> mummies and Egypt and all that stuff, like I've been a big fan since early elementary school, maybe even primary school. So if I would have seen this in this classic order, I would have been like, this now, mine. And I think I would have read this, but I don't know. So well, let's let's test the theory. Okay. Because I think I read it too, and I think I actually remember it really well. Okay, so I don't think I remember it. But do you remember this premise? They go to Egypt on a class trip, and he gets stuck. This kid, he gets stuck in the pyramid and among the booby traps. But they're able to find their way around because there's something to do with him being reincarnated. That sounds so familiar. Doesn't it? Like he's the he's the reincarnated spirit of somebody. And I don't know if it's necessarily connected with the tomb. Maybe somebody who built it or but not the mummy that's in it, obviously. But yeah. they're able to get through the booby traps and find their way back out. 
because he remembers little things about them randomly. I feel like that's this story. I feel like they're stuck in a pyramid and I think I remember it really well because I love stuff with traps and people being stuck places and trying mm -hmm. to get out. Like the Mummy movie? <laughs> <laughs> not the new one. The Brendan oh, Fraser ones. Oh goodness, let's not, let's not <laughs> but, talk about the whole Dark Universe <clears throat> reboot. But this is a book that I remember having in my collection. I don't remember the premise too much, but I remember having... I, th I think I had this one. So I'm really excited to get into this. Do you want to read the back? Sure. <laughs> uh, Gabe just got lost in a pyramid. One minute his crazy cousin Sh Sari? Yeah. Sari? Was right ahead of him in the pyramid tunnel. The next minute she disappeared. But Gabe isn't alone. Someone else is in the pyramid, too. Someone. Or something. Gabe doesn't believe in the curse of the mummy's tomb, but that doesn't mean the curse isn't real. Does it? I have no idea if this is the case or not, but I feel like he's stuck in the pyramid and he gets to the booby trap. Anyway, we'll see when we read it. Mm -hmm. uh, so find out with us if we remember any of this premise or not. <laughs> On uh, January 31st, mm -hmm. because there are 31 days of January and not 30. We checked the calendar. <laughs> Editing Mandy checked the calendar. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> We're okay. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Yeah. We're not 30 out and still don't know how many days are in a month. It's, it's you know what, it's good. <laughs> We're good. Um, and on that note, how can everyone reach you online? I'm on Twitter, um, coffee underscore with underscore Jen, J-E-N. And I'm a glitter macaroon with one T and two O's. And uh, hashtag us uh, with GBC, Ghost Next Door, for any of the comments on Twitter, your Goodread reviews, like leave links with that, with mm -hmm. the hashtag on Twitter. And we will check them and look at them. Absolutely. We love reading reviews from people. Yeah. We got some interesting ones come in for uh, Say Cheese and Die Again. <laughs> but that was to be expected. Yes. If I'd gone in, if I'd remembered any of that going into it, I would have, like... We would have put that on the back burner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was that was rough. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully this one's much better. This one was. <laughs> I really like the Horrorland ones that we've read so far. Like, this might push me actually to want to read all of the series and then go back and then read all of the short stories at the end. Yeah. Me too. Uh, just like personally. Yeah. We may or may not do all the stories together at the end of the club. We'll see what happens. Mm. And I'm not going to say the characters are all better in the Horrorland ones, I'm just saying that... The two we've read so far, the characters are much more solid. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So until next time, reader beware. You're in for a scare. <laughs>